This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleep in peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Well, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians, and the civilians serving at by their side, we welcome you into another episode of Valor Radio. I see the 1941 Studebaker president with uh, in olive drab with the star on the door in the parking lot. Another Band-Aid has been slapped on the conveyance of... Colonel Paul Simonelli, and he made it this week. Right, have you been talking trash about my beautiful vehicle? We high gloss on it. it, it we uh, we actually were taking up a, a, collection. a, a collection last week. Really? Yeah, yeah, we were. Buy you a, a new car. How would we do? Uh, nothing yet, but we're hopeful. Okay. <laughs> what promises? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so sorry about last week. Sometimes yeah. things happen, and that's why. Truly believe in redundancy, and Steve is redundant. I am. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been called that. Yes, depth in the bench. So, uh, did you get your muffler fixed? It seemed quieter, quieter when you. Well, drove that out. was before I got the muffler. <laughs> so, listen, the car is ten years old. It's a 2013. It's got 174,000 miles. Wow. I just did really the first major repair on it. I had to put a new muffler on. That was the first major repair on that yes, car. Yes, wow. I've been and I've been blessed with. Uh, you know, great luck with that that car. I didn't buy it new. It had thirteen thousand miles on it when I bought it. Um, got rust proofing on it. Pardon? You got rust proofing on it? No, but that's that, that's one thing about Fords. Um, I have been it playing have a lot of rust. Does well, that's because of uh, Louie and Vinny in the city. Uh, Louie and Vinny's body shop. <laughs> uh, cousin Louie is a retired police officer, and uh, they have a. Uh, a body shop, and Vinny's right off the boat from Italy. He's a craftsman. He's an artist. He's an artist. He's the Michelangelo of body work. And um, they keep, I keep taking it in there when I see rust pop up, and he tells me, Paul, and it's a very broken English, I don't, you know, I don't want you to spend any more money on this car. And I said, but I don't like driving it with this rust on it. So he cuts out the cancer patches it paints it and so i probably had it in but the car is just rusting from the inside out unfortunately it looks good um but uh if you look closely you you can see and otherwise you know cars have always been i, I don't need to drive a new car I, my only thing with cars growing up we didn't have a lot of money and cars were a big issue it was terrible sitting in the driveway and dad turning the key on the car and it not starting mm-hmm. or something. We'd be someplace just – and so that's sort of a pet peeve of mine. As long as the car runs, everything did you, works on it. Did your dad have AAA? He did. Yeah, so did mine. But 
you know, it just uh, it was like one of those things that uh, things were negatively impacted. So my my rule with a car is I don't care how old it is, but everything's got to work on it, right. and I have to feel absolutely confident when I walk out and hit the starter that it's going to start and get me where I need to go. Public service announcement, ladies and gentlemen, don't follow Paul too closely. On expressways because of falling parts. There's nothing. I wouldn't drive it if it had parts falling off. I really wouldn't. But um, you know, when I was in the squadron, we used to have a, a safety report called TFOA report. You know what it meant? Things falling off aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, that was a that was a reportable metric that every month we had a we had a uh, you know we had we had to report it. We had to be part of it. But by the way, as, speaking of things falling, I was stuck on Monroe Avenue yesterday at a light, uh, heading out, you know, in the direction of Pittsford Plaza, and I was stuck under that 590 overpass. Oh, oh my gosh! I know Did that. You ever look up. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I know that there have been a lot of complaints to the Ooh. state DOT about that. There is concrete just like hanging on the rebar. Are you kidding? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it looks it, and uh, the, you get this bland response from the New York State Department of Transportation. A uh, safety survey has shown that the structure is structurally structured. Sound. Yeah, it's... Uh, Ooh, that's scary. What, it, if, what if somebody's walking under it? Big right. mortar, piece of mortar come in your windshield to kill you. Yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, well, now, you know, with the new uh, supermarket there, they can't shut that down to one lane to fix the bridge now. That would uh, impede their business and probably would be a direct result of Danny Wegman trying to uh, make... Whole Foods' uh, life miserable. I'll also, be making his life miserable at the same I know, time. I know, I know. I'm just, uh, uh, but you, you look up under any bridge, almost any bridge, and awful, it just, they? yeah, they really are. I just wondering where all this throwaway money goes. Where, oh well, you uh, know, let's see. We got to buy five hundred dollar a night uh, rooms uh, for illegal aliens in New York City. So. You know, you look now. They've gotten rid of ninety percent of the staff. At throughway booths, right? They got yeah. rid of the throughway booths, so those people have all attrited away. Right. That, that, Where did that savings go? Right. Right. Um, you know, well, I they just, spend a lot of money on the uh, electronic uh, gantries. The, 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 yeah, that's an infrastructure investment. That's a capital investment, but you don't have those recurring costs. You don't have the retirement, the benefits, all those other things. By the way, we congratulate Livingston mechanical contractors who got the deal for that. Really, Livingston County. Wow. All right. So lots of stuff going on in the world. Uh, We'll try to hit on some of it today. Um, Just uh, absolute lunacy preparing to occur at the border. Um, Oh, my gosh. Say a prayer for the United States. Yeah. This is just, you know, it's going to affect the military. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. But um, uh, just between the border, (laughs) between, you know, what's happening in Washington with the debt limit, um, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot worse than people think. That right now we're preparing for something. I have a feeling when it happens, it's going to be infinitely worse. I think so too. I, I hate to be a, a doomsday sort of person, but we're just we're just setting ourselves up for absolute failure. Um, and it all seems like it's a distraction to accomplish other objectives that they want to. Obje- I know that I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm truly I'm not, but it's just. Too many things going on, and um, I'm going to make my prediction now uh, that who, who just left the White House? Susan Rice. Susan Rice, next vice president. 
You know, you you know that's a good possibility. I think uh, I think she's leaving to set set the stage to replace. Uh, I had not Camilla. thought of, that's a that's a um, very strong possibility. Camilla, you see, you've been watching too much uh, British uh, coronation. Did stuff. you, did oh, you see the interview that the softball interview that MSNBC did with the president, where where the the, the interviewer asked the president about. Uh, he had just recently given a speech that morning or something about something, and uh, he mentioned Kamala Harris ten times. No, no, she, that was in his video. That was his breakout video oh, when he announced he was running for re-election. Oh, okay. And they compared it to Obama, who never mentioned Joe Biden. Not, not even once. On, on his uh, breakout video. And he, he, he maintained that he mentioned her because she's doing such a wonderful such a job. Such a good job. That he so um, so I don't know. It's weird. It's like a, maybe he's trying to give her a soft landing when he fires her. I don't know. No, she's going to have to back out. He won't fire her, but it'll publicly she'll she'll back out for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, Susan Rice has been running the country for the last uh, three years. And Barack Obama. And Barack, yeah, right, yeah. Um, so Valerie well, Jarrett. That, that they would have be their, a strong possibility, I think. You're yeah, right. So Susan Rice has got the... Uh, she loves her to death. Yeah. I mean, she, she's she been his rock for the last two years. She's, yeah, she's really run the show. She, she was able mm-hmm. to back out of the public like Valerie Jarrett did. Boo. And Boo. Who, who really ran the Obama White House um, for the entire time he was there. And now... You've got that, so it's um, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting this next uh, eighteen months or so, uh, seeing what happens. M- music already, huh, Robert? Time for a break. All right, Steve. I didn't say welcome to you today. I'm sorry. Hi. No, no. I'm glad to have you back, Captain Steve Momano and uh, Bob, and we'll be right back with a little bit more of Valor Radio. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. Hi, this is Laura Stradley, Executive Director of Veterans Outreach Center and a U.S. Army veteran. At VOC, we offer a wide range of services from mental health support to job placement assistance and more. All of our programs are focused on the personal success of our veterans. I invite you to visit our website to learn more, vocroc.org. As we prepare for Memorial Day, I hope you'll take a few moments to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in service to our nation. 
Thank you, and God bless America. Join a Bait Monroe County American bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join a bait for less than 50 cents a week. Google a Bait Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. All right, let's uh, do a little blast of nostalgia like we occasionally do. This is WBBF on the go-go with another million-dollar weekend. Go, go, BCB! Jerry Vogel. Jack Palvino. Jessica. Larry White. Jim Carrier. Jerry Carr. Jerry Sherwin. The Busy Bees play million-dollar hits all weekend. From WBBF, the station with young ideas for Rochester. WBBF. And we're back in with Valor Radio with the Colonel and the Captain. Just a quick question. Was that... Was that an actual commercial, or is that a compilation of a bunch of different ones put together? That's a promo. That was a actual, an actual from on, one end to the other. Okay. Your promo. Uh, I'm sorry? What year was that? Uh, about 65, 66, really? early 66. I didn't know Jerry Carr was on BBF. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a, one of the Weekenders. Isn't that something? What a, what a cast. Jerry Fogle. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm liking that. Jerry yeah. Fogle was in uh, Tor Tor Tora. Really? Yeah, he played a, a destroyer or a, a destroyer destroyer ward skipper. Outer Bridge was his name. He did a good job. Really? Yeah, he was very believable. Yeah, he had quite quite a uh, quite a career in uh, in Hollywood and TV and, and some some parts in movies. Uh, but he left. I want to say it was early '66. Uh, okay, right. I like that. That was good. So, uh, Steve, I know you're in mourning. Am I? Um, one of your favorite military guys of in history, oh, yeah. a guy that you measure every other person of that that achieved that level. I do. He's my yardstick. Uh, he is the yardstick, and in as in most cases, um, men always exaggerate length. Um, yes. So the yardstick yes, isn't quite as do. long. Isn't quite as long as a. He's we, uh, he's got a long and distinguished <clears throat> career, and we're talking about Mark Milley, who will be finishing. Um, his time as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and I'm sure landing. We we're just talking before the show started about what contractor he's going to go to work for and what network he's going to go to work for. He's going to look pretty funny in a suit. And um, I've seen him in a suit. Have you? Yeah, and uh, I'm sure he's got his uh, $5,000 suits. And um, chairman hmm. has a budget for all that entertaining and other stuff he has to oh, do. So I'm sure he's going to. Of course, uh, make sure that's all taken care of. But uh, getting a new um, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it was announced who it's going to be, uh, General Air Force General uh, by the name of C.Q. Brown. Um, guy's got uh, th- 3,000 hours as a pilot, 1,300, what, 130 combat hours, uh, 130 combat missions. Um I, I I would uh, I would like to see him have a little more uh, a few more hours. I'll tell you why. When my skipper uh, left 
my squadron in 1987, he had three out three thousand hours in the A6. He was a commander. Right. He's an old five. This right. guy's a four star general. Well, you don't get and to he's fly got around much. 3, yeah, but you don't get to fly much as you go up in rank. He also didn't. I mean, he didn't. What, what did he fly against? And I mean, he flew against uh, Ira- Iraqis and. Uh, the Probably, Taliban. I, right, I mean, it's not, not a lot of not a big air to air threat. Right, in right. the Taliban. You know? I, I know. I hate to undercut anybody's service, I but know. we're talking about the senior, yeah. you know, the senior commander, senior advisor to the president, um, and he's coming from PACAF, right. Pacific Air Force, right? Command. Um, yeah, and you know, he's had some time as vice chairman, also. So. But you're right. He doesn't seem to have the gravitas no. of uh, of a Millie, for instance. But look what we got with Millie. In spite of uh, you know a, a chest full of medals and you know working in special operations command. Well, one working... thing you can be sure of is if he's an Air Force guy, he's probably got more medals than Millie. You think? You yeah, think? I yeah, do. I do. That's it, folks. That's sort of a thing you see with the Air Force. Hate to say it. Navy's right behind them, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and then the Army, and then the well, Marine you got Corps. Your bat wings and all your other kind. Of, you got a lot of devices in the Who? Army. You, yeah. the Army does. Well, I never saw more devices and pens and cloisonne things and trinkets, and you got all kinds of like little baubles hanging off. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice. I like it a lot, but uh, it's a little too much bling for me. I don't know. Too much bling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of conservative when it comes well, to. You know, I, I, I like patch economy. I, I, just, I, I have seen a picture of you in uniform, and uh, no. you're a smart looking no. officer there in not uniform. Smart. smart is not the word, but uh, but anyway. No, but uh, anyway, we've got CQ Brown. Yep, he's coming. Um, he's coming. Tell uh, us about CQ Brown. Uh, well, he's not, famous for what he's said in the past, right? Well, so otherwise. Competent officer, yeah. rising through the ranks. Sure. Um, in 2020, during the uh, hmm. um, whole uh, peaceful protest period after uh, the George Floyd incident, uh, he made a video um, that pretty much went viral. Um, it was a big uh, official video. It was done officially. It mean, had his, you know, his big big seal and everything. It was he did it. It wasn't just a, like a you know they threw a camera in his face and he and he spoke to the camera. He, he actually sat down and, and, and wrote this. I'm thing. sure this was very well scripted, but mm-hmm. uh, it did oh, go yeah. viral. Millions of views of it. For, uh, for what purpose? What was I'm the purpose? I'm talking of- about his experience as a African American in America and in the military and in the Air Force mm-hmm. and the you know in spite of him not you know being at that point a three star general. Uh, all the strife that he suffered on his rise up to three stars and now four stars and now chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Well, he hadn't been selected for chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at this point. I had not seen the video until now. I just saw it a couple minutes ago, and, and it's it's the I'm thinking video. Everything is he says in there is, I'm thinking about this. And he goes through an entire litany right. of things that happened to him in his life and happened to other people of color. And, I mean, it, it's... It's pretty powerful, I suppose, but it's also, um, I don't know, I, I just thought it was overdone. I And, you know, you, you mentioned in the break, or before we started, when we watched the video again, um, uh, I, I wonder if the, this has the, if it has truly the effect that they hope that it has, or does it have some sort of a divisive effect of, once again, creating, you know, the identity 
issue um, with everything, making that, you know, primary above everything else. And but nonetheless, because of this, I think this video probably catapulted him to selection as uh, vice chairman Mm -hmm. of Joint Chiefs of Staff. And ultimately, um, and that's usually what they do. They put someone in there that they think they're going to make chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff. And um, so he went from uh, commander of the Pacific Air Force to vice chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff. And now he'll be starting a five year tenure as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, assuming Senate confirmation. What's going to happen is there's going to be an expectation now in the future that anytime there's some sort of racial incident, which there most certainly will be, I'm sure, they're going to go to him for his take on it. And and that's not what his job is. No, not not, at all. That's not what he should be talking about. No. He should be talking about China. Right. We'll see. We'll see what he does when he gets in the seat. Yeah. Um, Good luck. Good luck. We wish him well. Yeah, obviously it's a tremendous responsibility. Uh, we don't um, wish uh, Millie well. I, mean, I, I don't. I'm, well, you anyway. don't. I know you don't like the guy. No, I don't. Um, Thoroughly modern. I have a hard time. You know, I, he uh, he spoke at uh, my son's graduation from uh, West Point. Ooh. Uh, he actually gave a decent speech. I'm not going to, you know, I, I watched it afterwards, too. Of course, you're all wrapped up in the pomp and circumstance of a graduation at West Point. But, uh, um he uh gave, when, when was it 2015 okay so it was before trump and all that stuff yeah okay um, before he was jaded by the job okay and um you know and sometimes you don't know i mean people work their whole careers yeah and you wonder at what point when you get to that senior level in the military how much of your actions are and i hate to say that people aren't sincere and and you know, have integrity in what they're doing, but they they convince themselves that they're the best person, so they rationalize doing things that they need to do to keep advancing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see and, a little more humility with these guys. Um, and and yeah, so they they end up playing to the audience rather than that's that's the political part. Once you get you know they, they say once you get up to two stars and beyond two three and four stars. You have to be as much a politician as you have mm. to be a soldier or sailor or airman or marine. I mean, it's just yeah. it just goes with the territory, and, I believe it. and it's kind of, trying to keep things in check. Is that uh, kind of what the MacArthur found? I mean, well, he loved it though. He he, he <laughs> relished in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he <clears throat> he relished reveled in it. Um, and Patton, and Patton, but you know, Patton Patton didn't uh, like the politics. Yeah, Patton was a lot more like Trump in that way, of saying. You know, not always thinking what he was going to say before he said it, and um, and that while was, it might be Patton's, absolutely true, and, it was Patton's rub with Eisenhower too. He did He thought that Eisenhower was too much, uh, too political because he was trying to get along with the Allies, too accommodating to yeah. the Brits um, yeah. and and to Montgomery, and um, so. And you know what? Eisenhower became president. Yeah. I mean, he learned how he learned. It worked. <laughs> it worked. He um, also kept together that coalition, which was right. a, a, an unbelievably hard thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. De Gaulle, I guess, was impossible from what I read. I'm yeah. sorry? De Gaulle. De Gaulle. Charles De Gaulle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you read about, you know, uh, just all the little things. And, you know, first going into North Africa and, and De Gaulle not 
signing on. For, I mean, it was just absolutely. I give. He I had give to court Eisenhower. the French admirals and all yeah. that because they had a fleet still, and it was right. Terrible. Uh, but Eisenhower did a great job at doing what he had to do, and yeah. and you know sometimes you, there are sacrifices, there are trade offs, and yeah. um, you know the the mentality of a of a George Patton was very focused and and monolithic. He he wanted to destroy the enemy and he saw that as the fastest way to victory um and anybody that slowed that down for him for whatever reason was unacceptable you know i remember a time though when the chairman's chairman of the joint chiefs of staff was not a political job at all i mean those guys steered clear of politics i i can think of any number of chairmen in the past who are who are just uh spectacular uh leaders and, and kept their mind on on things like you know long-term procurement and and uh, national defense policy and things like that without ever getting into politics with the with the people in charge yeah i you know the i had my my few moments near that seat of power did you um we can talk about it a little more after the break but uh there's nothing that isn't political yeah. When you get near the Beltway, yeah. All right, here's some music. We're going to take a break on Valor Radio. When we come back, we got a few more military stories to talk about. Uh, we'll be back shortly with Captain Steve Mamano and Doctor Bob Savage. And the Paul, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. I was just going to say my name too, but go you can. Uh, and Colonel Paul Simonelli. Sorry about that. <laughs> I thought he had said his name. We'll be right back on WISL. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. My friends all tell me, go to him, run to him, say sweet love. We are back in here with Valor Radio, and uh, we bring you in with the Essex, a rhythm and blues group composed entirely of Marines. It's Valor Radio with the Colonel and the Captain. This is a good song for General Brown. You think so? Yeah. So we've been uh, we've been working through a, a list of uh, local folks, um, and I think St- Steve, you said we could uh, finish up. Uh, why don't you just bring people up to speed about yeah, what we've uh, been talking about a little bit here? Seventy-eight years on uh, Battle Okinawa in World War II, and uh, it was what uh, lasted from the first of April forty-five to twenty-two June forty-five. Twelve thousand Americans died. And Okinawa, about a hundred thousand Japanese, about a hundred thousand Okinawans. So it was a very bloody, awful campaign. It was the last uh, battle of the war, and uh, we lost fifty-four men. And I just want to mention a couple more. His, uh, first one is Mineman Second Class Robert Raymond Follett, twenty-nine years old. He was with the uh, the ship USS Aaron Ward. DM-34. He was killed in action 3 May 45 off Okinawa in a kamikaze attack, supposedly. Um, I, I couldn't find any more information. He had served in the Navy for four years before Pearl Harbor, including four years as a gunner's mate aboard the cruiser Brooklyn, USS Brooklyn. He had attended Edison Tech High School before his enlistment and lived at 81, 181 Elm Drive in Rochester and his mother at 156 South Fitzhugh Street. He's buried at Arlington National Cemetery, and he was awarded the Purple Heart posthumously. 
Staff Sergeant Richard Friedrich, U.S. Army, infantryman, 35 years old. He's the old man of the group. Company H, 307th Infantry Regiment, 77th Infantry Division. Killed in action 20 April 1945 on the island of Aishima, just west of Okinawa. He was a veteran of campaigns in Guam and Leyte. He attended Jefferson High School and Edison Tech, was employed by Bausch and Lomb before the war, and lived at 310 Ravine Avenue in Rochester. He's buried at Riverside Cemetery and was awarded the Purple Heart. PFC Angelo J. Frazone, U.S. Army infantryman, 22 years old, Baker Company, 305th Infantry Regiment, 77th Infantry Division, killed in action 11 May 45 in Okinawa, the only son. He left behind five sisters and a fiancé. He attended Ben Franklin High School and was a member of St. Andrew's Parish. Uh, he lived with his parents before the war at 20 Baird Street, and he's buried at Holy Sepulchre Cemetery. PFC Charles Samuel Gartley, U.S. Marine Corps Reserve, 19 years old. Marine Fighter Squadron 113, VMF 113 was his Squadron. He was a Marine Air Group 22 member. Uh, 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 the name of the squadron was the Whistling Devils, by the way. Uh, he was killed in action t- 10 June 45 on the island, uh, over the island of Aishima, and his parents lived in rural Hamlin, New York. They actually had their mail sent to a general delivery. He attended Brockport High School and worked at the Duffy Mott plant. He was, he was buried at Garland Cemetery in Clarkson, New York and was posthumously awarded the Purple Heart. Private Peter S. Genovese, U.S. Army, 26, Armored Corps, Company B, 193rd Tank Battalion, supporting the 27th Infantry Division. He was killed in action 27 April 45 on Okinawa. His mother lived at 989 Norton Street. I guess it's not too far from the ballpark. Uh, Red Wing Stadium. His mother, his wife lived at 536 Plymouth Avenue South, and he's buried at Holy Sepulchre Cemetery, Section 13 North. And finally, machinist mate, third class Arnold Sidney Geeson's Way, U.S. Navy. USS Mannert L. Abel was uh, DD-733, a destroyer. He was a plank owner, which means he basically got the ship commissioned and uh, through sea trials. Um, he was killed in action 12 April 45, 70 miles northwest of Okinawa. His ship was attacked by kamikaze planes and uh, struck by a Japanese Baka bomb, which is like a, a flying uh, bomb. Um, he, uh, the, the ship sank with the loss of 73 crewmen, and his body was never recovered. His, he is memorialized in Honolulu at the ABMC Tablets, and his father resided at 162 Avenue C, Rochester, also avoid, uh, awarded the Purple Heart posthumously. Wow. 54. 54. It seems disproportional. It does. Well, you, I don't know what the numbers are, but out of 12,000 killed, 54 sounds like a lot for one town. That's what I'm saying, and maybe it's because of the uh, the unit <clears throat> that uh, the unit that was there that, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you hear about these tragedies when, you know, a National Guard unit you know, you've heard about these in other conflicts where, yeah. you know, this company is in a small town, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Bedford, Virginia. Or something yeah, like that. that and, that's the the one that lost all the guys on Normandy. Right. Uh, yeah, it's right. terrible. So uh, you can see how that might happen. But 54 does seem disproportional. Uh, I, I was for, watching uh, a documentary a couple of days ago about Okinawa, and it was talking about uh, 
what a just what a meat grinder that thing was and it was just it got worse in the month of april it was pretty bad but month of may was just uh, apocryphal and then uh it, it rained like like uh, nobody's business and they were they were dealing with mud and people were living in the field with uh, dead bodies for a couple of months there were the bodies were there they couldn't do anything with them and people were living with them yeah, it was just, just awful uh, an awful campaign <clears throat> and uh and our guys went through misery they just went through misery yeah. god bless them so speaking of uh misery to bring it uh contemporize it a little bit here we have uh um we we have an absolute absolute disaster preparing to happen on the southern border oh yeah um they're saying between 700,000 and a million the mexican cartels have a million 700,000 to a million people lined up ready to flood the southern border we see uh, you know they they've sent 1500 military the governor abbott has sent 1500 national guard um the Abbott is trying to keep people out. Right, the fifteen hundred from the federal uh, federal are going to process the ones are that come process. in. Process right, they're going to yeah. facilitate basically. facilitate them yeah. coming in. Yeah. Um, the difference in the with this change of law, the the expiration of this Article forty two is that uh, um, that uh, order that tr- uh, President Trump had signed allowed an immediate turnaround of people. Uh, the under the, the way the law is right now, all they have to do is uh, claim. You know that they're seeking asylum, and they go into a process that right now is averaging between four and ten years before your first hearing. Oh, come on! Um, there's two and a half million backed up. Um, I'll bet they'll show up for those hearings. Yeah, and uh, figure the odds. So this is just this is untenable. Hey, Paul, the, you're a lawyer. Is there any kind of implication with posse comitatus? With with the respect to the federal guys uh, processing these folks for law enforcement, I mean it's it's like a law enforcement activity, isn't it? I you you would think you would think. Um, I'm just that, thinking of, you and know, I think what they're doing is they're they're couching it and they're doing support roles. So the yeah. law enforcement people are doing law enforcement. They're doing the logistics um, to free up as many yeah. of the law enforcement is, guys as possible. This is Cloward Piven, is what this is. This is exactly completely, what it is. completely overwhelmed the system. Yep, right. Right. There's no the system. There's no way. There's just absolutely Mm -hmm. no way. You know, we're 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 getting just the numbers diabolical when you think about it. Yeah. In in three days, they stopped seventy two thousand people. It's twenty eight thousand people a day. They stopped. How would anybody want to work for the border patrol? That's what they stopped. Right. That's not the people that got through. God bless the people trying. We're trying to do do the right thing, but it must be a, a, a grind going to work every day for those poor fellows. Terribly frustrating. Um, so there's just uh, it, it's inconceivable to me that people in this country just aren't going nuts about this. I know. Oh, and by the way, uh, overwhelmingly, the people who are are poised to, to rush the border are young military age males, right? Uh, uh, carrying basically a trash bag, right? No, this what, a, is, what a great way to empty the, the prisons, and, you know, and, and get rid of your undesirables. It's like the Mariel boat, uh, yeah, boat absolutely, lift in 1980. Exactly, exactly. Times 50. So, um, 5,000, 5, yeah. <laughs> just absolutely inconceivable that yeah. um, that this is this is happening. This is the, the dramatic effect this is going to have on the country. Um, it's just we can't even measure it. Uh, do we need... 
Do we have a lot of jobs that aren't being filled? Yes. Do we need more legal immigration? Yes. There's no doubt about it. The system, uh, Washington's unwillingness to do something about this um, is just... But this is what they want, Paul. I, I, mean, I they, understand. They, they, all, they want they want no no borders, uh, and they they regard these uh, this this uh, imported poverty class as being future Democrat voters. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's even more than that. I think it's even more than that. I think they want to break the system. I think they just want to break. They hate the, the country. Right. Right. I think I, I think that's really what it comes down to. And uh, preservation of their own power is absolutely the only thing on their mind. Oh, good music, Robert. Pray, uh, pray for the United States, folks. Please, every day. Uh, folks, uh, we'll be back shortly uh, with a little bit more Valor Radio. On the WYSL stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040. Podcast, WYSL1040.com. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Back in here with the Colonel and the Captain. Thanks for joining us on Valor Radio. So, uh, spending uh, two-thirds of my career as a reservist um, and one-third on active duty, uh, I'm pretty sensitized to 
and sensitive about uh, disparities between how reservists get treated and how active duty get treated and what the expectations are for reservists compared to active duty. Um, and we've talked about some of those things over the time. And here's one popped up that I didn't even realize. Uh, right now, if uh, someone is killed on active duty, non-combat related um, training or otherwise, family gets certain benefits extended for mm-hmm. up to three years medical benefits and other things under the proposed no no as it is right now oh, active I, duty I i'm saying only six months no for active duty it's three oh, years oh, for, oh, for three and here's years. the disparity oh, yeah. if you're a reservist yeah. and you get killed in training your family only gets those benefits for six months right now i you know when a helicopter crashes down the road here with yeah you don't check their their, their status as their component no one cared quite you know, that that was a reservist versus an active duty person. Right, right. You know, the families are affected, uh, you know, the same. But yet, once again, this disparity exists between the, the benefits received by a reservist versus an active duty. It just makes absolutely no sense. Second-class citizens, reservists typically are, and I, I know, you know, a lot of active duty people would jump up and down and scream and saying, I'm, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But... Unfortunately, Reservist National Guard are second-class citizens within the military. And this is just another example of this. Um, There's legislation pending that would make that the same um, for both Reservist and National Guard killed in training. Uh, The Reservist would get three years of medical coverage, not the six months that they get right now. And and, and to be clear, it would would be coverage... If it happened on a drill weekend, right, as opposed to like being on like extended active duty or something, right. most people probably say, "Oh, yeah, if he was on active duty, yeah," but they really wouldn't care about the guy who's, you know. But when you're on on doing drill, you you, you know, you're on you're on 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 duty, right? I mean, I can be punished by the UCMJ, right? I'm, I'm subject to all those, you know, everything else that can negatively impact right. me. But why not even the Level the playing field. What happened, just, what happened was some some fellow got electrocuted, right, uh, in Fort Gordon, Georgia, and uh, um, the family wanted the benefits extended, and the the answer was up uh, oh, six months. And you know we we talked about this before. Reservists it, it have a lousy situation. An officer hits a maximum number of years, right, um, and as a commissioned officer, right. and if they're not 60, I've mentioned this before, you lose your medical benefits till you turn 60. Mm-hmm. So you've you've had this military medical benefit. You pay for it, TRICARE, right. but it's good coverage. It's reasonable, and it, it's a testament to your sacrifice to continue to serve. And the day you re- you get into that gray area between retirement, you know, when you hit your mandatory time right. and when you turn 60, now you have to go out and pay full price for this TRICARE. You know, they talk about why they can't fill reserve slots, why no one wants to do the hard jobs in the reserves anymore. Something simple like that. Once again, it's a disparity. My family, I had to go out and find new medical coverage when I hit 30 years in the military. Until I turned sixty and, mm-hmm. and got it back from the military again through through my benefits there. there. There's so many things, easy things they could do, but there's also so many things that turn reservists and national guard into second class citizens in the military. So I um, I, I hope this legislation gets through. 
and um, this is just be one more correction to uh, what's been, you know, this disparity that's existed for decades. Um, well, also goes to show you that a lot of these reservists are doing dangerous work on drill weekend. Right. People think that they're just, you know, sitting in some uh, reserve center watching a, a video or something, which a lot of them do. But some of them are out there, like uh, electricians, or you know, out there, you know, training with real live juice in those uh, wires. Right. You know? Speaking of juice, Steve, I know that you are a, a green kind of guy, being I am. a retired Navy guy. Yeah, and, I, you know, I am. drove by your house and I saw the array of solar panels in your backyard and on your roof. And um, sure I you saw, did. I saw the windmill on your chimney. I do. I, I'm um, one of the few people who has a windmill. And I know that. Uh, you know, with uh, I also compost, and you know, I, compost. I, 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 I hit my window down, yeah. and I did get a little whiff of that when yeah. I was driving well, by. Well, you know, it's a sacrifice I have to make. I understand, and your neighbors have to live with that. Well, and, they do, uh, but that's just part of being part of the big world community, yes, right? I am a, I'm a citizen um, of the world, so I'm sure you you were ecstatic, absolutely ecstatic, to hear that every vehicle in the military by 2030, <laughs> yeah. this was announced on Earth Day, that every vehicle in the military by 2030 will be an electric vehicle. By 2030. Sure. You bet. Every. That, mean, that includes track vehicles. Well, I don't know that they meant that, too. Did they? I don't think they every, meant that. Every I thought vehicle. they meant wheel vehicle. I thought they meant all the wheeled vehicles. Okay, uh, let's just say it's all just only wheeled vehicles. All the Humvees. Are going to be electric. Electric, yep. yeah. I'll bet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, you going to carry your, your uh, battery with you? Like a charged battery just to spare, just in case? You know, you take three quarters of the weight of a Tesla is the battery. Yeah, they weigh like 7,000 pounds. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, really? You know, what are they going to do to move these up-armored Humvees? What are they going to do to move these other wheel vehicles? What are they going to move? So, But uh, the military is supposed to be all e- electric. by Now, we know that's comical. But here the president stands up and says this. The energy secretary says, I think we can, I think we can reach this objective if we're committed to it. Well, of course, because, um, because the energy secretary is a total nitwit. Yeah. Jennifer oh, Granholm. Granholm. Oh, boy. Uh, and, uh, well, she's a real winner. I do. What do, do you, you do with the batteries? Joni Erst, Republican from Iowa, says, uh. do you support the military adopting the EV fleet by 2030? I do. I do. I think we can get there, Granholm replied. And that way I get to keep my job by saying this idiotic public statement. Oh, my um, gosh. Those who have, <laughs> you know, anybody in the military... What did they say in that article? Jaw-droppingly stupid. <laughs> that was a moment of truth when, when Joni Ernst asked her that question. And she she said what we all thought was possible she would say, and she did. She said it. I mean, they're, they're, they're moving in that direction, and don't ask. And I don't hear any general complaining about this. Do you? That's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point about this that there is no integrity among they want to keep their jobs i'm more important i i will do such a good job so i will compromise i will compromise everything else to keep the job because i'm the one who should be in that job that's violating common sense that starts and ends everything i want my job so i'll say anything i need to when i hear stuff like that i think of you know i think of i think of kennedy john f kennedy and curtis lemay and i think to myself John F. Kennedy hated LeMay, but he wanted the best badass guy uh, in the Air Force who basically brought Japan to its knees. He wanted him in his administration because 
He was competent, and they just want lackeys and and lapdogs at, at these positions this in, the, is, in the military because no one's saying a word. Right? How how can anybody? How can anybody in good conscience sit there and I say? Don't know. And and they're going to take valuable dollars necessary for other things. The bottom line is everything we depend. Our biggest threat is who they say China. Right? Where do we get everything we need for all these EVs China. right now? China. Yeah. So why? Where, where do the, we? Where the minerals come from? China. You know. China. China. Where do the batteries come from? China. Actually, I'm going to correct you, Paul. We have met the enemy, and he is us. Pogo, <sighs> 1956. Just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Um, th- it's a farce. It's just absolutely a farce that we are spending energy. No pun intended on on trying to do this to the, and it's just another step of what's going on in the military. Um, boy, it's, we, it's almost surreal that Bob, we're talking you, about. You know, it. Bob, you said it. Pray for America. We are in a tough time right now. Hopefully, there's going to be some breakthrough with this, Hopefully. and um, where we're going to get some people of good intention and, and good faith in positions to just say the truth. Okay, folks, that's another week of Valor Radio. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, all those serving abroad for our nation. Keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers, and keep our nation in in, in your prayers uh, now more than ever. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money there's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our future 